The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max. Smackdown. Review. And we are live, we think, to the WTM Network for the Wrestling to the Max Smackdown Live Review. My name is not Gary Vaughn. Sorry to disappoint everybody. Once again, back in the saddle, I am your host, Harry Broadhurst. Joining me, as per usual, my co-host, Miss Liz Puglisi. Good evening, Liz. Good evening, Harry. <laughs> See, that joke is only funny to the two of us, but we're both laughing, so that's what matters. Right. <laughs> Real quick, I want to thank Gary for filling in for me last week. Unfortunately, yours truly was a little under the weather to the point that I ended up missing every single podcast that I do last week. The football podcast wouldn't have happened anyways. It was Thanksgiving Eve, but the other three I apologize for. My bad. Anywho, so what do you say we go ahead and get into things here and we talk ourselves some SmackDown Live, Liz? Let's go. All right, real quick, before we get started on the show, once again, we are a presentation of the W2M Network, available online at www.w2mnet.com. In addition, you can also occasionally find us over at 411mania.com and lastwordonprowrestling.com. In addition, we have something planned for the end of the show, a new segment to help us wrap things up. We'll tell you more about it when we get there. All right, let's go ahead and do this here. This is your SmackDown Live review for November 28th, 2017. Our opening segment features Shane McMahon because, of course, it does. You know, we went on this... Yeah, we went on this rant the first time. I'm not going to go back through it again because, frankly, I don't feel the need to expand upon it, but Shane's turning into Stephanie, and I don't mean that in a good way. There is no good way to mean that. Okay, that's fair. Although, there's no word on whether or not somebody's going to drive him through a wedding chapel and attempt to marry him. Well, that might be interesting, actually. 18 years ago today, believe it or not. Really? Yes. I I saw it on one of those This Day in Pro Wrestling things I follow on Facebook. That's crazy. He, He drugged her and married her a good four years before he... May have drugged her and married her. Now, now. <laughs> this is purely rumor and innuendo. All right, moving on. Um, no, the, the thought that I had about here and what I meant by Shane is turning into Stephanie is, and we kind of, we touched on this before, and we've talked about this before on the show as well, and we've touched on it on the when I've sat in on the Raw review as well here, is it's become kind of, 
kind of commonplace for an authority figure to open up Raw, whereas SmackDown has traditionally been a place where you don't see that happening a lot. You see people opening the show. You see the champion AJ Styles when he was the champion. You see the champion Jinder Mahal on occasion. You've seen Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, The New Day open up SmackDown plenty of times before. Recently, though, it's been the Shane McMahon show to open this, this to start the episodes of SmackDown to the point that it's almost becoming like the authority, where if it's not Shane opening the show, it's Daniel Bryan, much the same way that it was if it was not Stephanie opening the old episodes of Raw, it was Triple H. Authority figure here, authority figure here, mix and match as necessary. Yeah, I agree. I definitely got a sense of deja vu, deja vu when he came out again. And, and not in a good way. It's getting, I don't know, I don't want to say kind of stale, but it's definitely getting repetitive. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. So the reason that Shane is joining us today, other than to apparently feed his own ego and put over Lexington, Kentucky, boo, go Gators, anywho is to mention the fact that Daniel Bryan did not fire Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn last week, much like Shane had hoped that he would. He brings out Bryan to explain said actions, and Bryan states plain and simply that if Bryan were to fire Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they'd just go over to Raw, making Daniel Bryan the smartest authority figure in WWE history. I agree. What Brian did do last week is set up a match between Randy Orton and Kevin Owens. Shane takes it one step further and makes it Randy Orton versus Kevin Owens in a no disqualification match and proceeds to ban Sami Zayn from ringside because that always works. You know what's going to happen as soon as they ban someone. I don't think someone's ever been banned and not shown up. I, I, I feel like Sami should have shown up in a uh, Sin Cara mask or maybe a different mask. I hear he's familiar with them. Something a little generic. Possibly. Dun, dun, dun. We move on to our opening contest, which features the Usos on commentary. Big E handing out pancakes because reasons? I don't know. I didn't understand that at all. And our opening match is America's Greatest Tag Team. I'm, I'm sticking with that. I told you I was, and I'm going to. Taking on the New Day team of Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. Kind of the B squad for New Day here, but the B squad for New Day picks up the win when Kofi pin, or it's not Kofi, excuse me, Xavier pins, uh, I want to say it was Shelton Benjamin that got pinned. I think it was Shelton. All the same, New Day picks up the win here, and I know you don't want to talk about this because you're getting sick and tired of the multi-man matches, and we'll have more to talk about those a little bit later on when we do our 205 Live review. But this is really feeling like they're trying to set up a triple threat for the tag titles at Clash of Champions, is it not? If for better or worse, it, it, it probably is. I don't think it's necessary. I don't know how many fans would think it was you know, necessary, but I think that's what we're going to get. Sorry, I was mid-drink when you finished. Okay. Backstage segment sees Naomi and Charlotte discussing the six-woman tag match playoff scheduled for a little bit later on. Natalia comes over and acts like a biatch, and Naomi and Charlotte more or less ignore her. You know what my problem is with the women on SmackDown? 
and honestly, it, it kind of happens to the women on Raw as well, but it's definitely much more of a thing on SmackDown. They can't they talk. Turn, well, they turn into catchphrases and nothing much more. There's, It's all sizzle and no steak. Yeah, that was pretty torturous. That was... Natty talks about being the queen of hearts. Charlotte says they're going to bow down to the queen. Naomi says they're going to feel the glow. And no one gives up. That was very forced. In our original attempt at this, you said it looked like they were reading off of a teleprompter. And you're exactly correct. Yeah, I did. It was very forced. I felt like they were reading off something. It, it just felt very flat. It did not really build any interest for the match at all. Before this segment, we saw a video package dis- describing the arrival of the now Riot Squad. We'll talk more about them a little bit later because I kind of want to get your thoughts on that and what ha- what's happening over on Raw as well. And we'll continue when we get to the match itself. Another Bludgeon Brothers backstage vignette kind of thing where they have like the darkened room and or the darkened outside area. And then they have the axes or not the axes, the hammers. And then they show that they're coming up next. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. I mean, we were saying before that it's, you know, a throwback there, you know, the whole vignette thing, you know, with the axes or whatever. I'm not really a fan of it, but we'll see what happens there. All right. This is the part we were at last time when we figured out that there were technical difficulties. So we can kind of get back into the discussion here. The Bludgeon Brothers squash and i don't use that term loosely i mean that literally here in 42 seconds they take out the hype bros there's a development after the match we'll talk about that in a second um this is my first time talking about them on the show since i missed last week i love the bludgeon brothers entrance i think it's awesome i do like the entrance i just think it's not gonna last long the way it is right now i think we'll get done i think eventually we'll start start seeing it being tweaked a little bit to update it a little bit more. It is very throwbacky, for better or for worse. We'll see if they can make it work. See, I think it works for them, though, with the style of gimmick that they have, and we were kind of just talking about that. No, I know. It does work for them, but things like that don't tend not to last too long. You know, people get into it for a little bit. They either love it or they hate it. There's really no in-between. Oh, this is the point that we found out that we were having issues here. And I was saying that this is basically demolition if they had in-ring talent. Yeah, that's that's very true. And I can completely, you know, get behind that. But I was saying with Gary and I was saying last week that we kind of feel that it's definitely, I mean, it's always a work in progress when somebody first starts or a tag team first starts. But it's if you read online, there's really no in between about it. It's they either love it, you know, or they hate it. Um, I like them as I was saying before. I like them as a team, but I don't. I like their alf, you know, their gear, but I, I definitely think it's going to go through a lot of changes. The hype bros are interviewed by the interview lady. I want to say that's Dasha Fuente. Dasha Fuente. I'm not entirely sure. Frankly, they all look alike. I'm pretty sure it was Dasha. Which leads to Mojo Rawley turning on Zack Ryder, beating him down and laying him out. I thought it would be the other way around. When Zack was talking, I thought he was going to be the one that um, turned on Mojo. See, I think Mojo has something of a fan following. I know Ryder has like that the whole IWC favorite thing here, but 
I'm almost to the point where they've probably burnt out most, if not all, of the goodwill that Ryder may have had at one point here. So I feel like having Ryder as the heel here would have been a much more interesting take on this, in my opinion. I think so, too. I think he would have um, generated a lot more heat. It kind of fell a bit flat. I mean, they've been building up to them breaking up for a while, so you were kind of like, oh, it finally happened. You know, you expected it to be coming. I thought it was going to be, you know, Ryder. <sighs> They're going to feud now, and most people are not going to have any interest in it whatsoever. Well, I will have an interest on one condition. What? And I don't do this often on this show, so forgive me for doing this. I will be okay with this if it leads to a return of, oh, radio, tell me Yeah, everybody loves the thing. No. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. That would be all right. I would I would be okay if Zack Ryder gets his theme song back because I like that song. Yeah, I, like, I did too. We move on. Mojo's asked about attacking Ryder. He said that things need to change and walked away. Thanks for the promo, Mojo. Appreciate it. Big cryptic. Nothing amazing. The glorious Bobby Roode is interviewed backstage. And mentions the fact that Corbin didn't accidentally hit him. Um, if you look at the replay there, somebody ducked and Corbin hit Rude. But at the same time, they've been teasing tension between Corbin and Rude ever since Corbin won back the U.S. title. So a lot of people figured this is where they were going with the U.S. title picture. My guess is this culminates at the Clash of the Champions pay-per-view. And frankly, I have no problems with it. I like both guys, and I think that this could be a very interesting and a very well-fought matchup if given the time. Yeah, I think I think it could be really good. I do like both guys, and you know we've mentioned before on here that Bobby usually sounds so uninterested in anything he's doing, but the last couple of weeks there's been some spark there, which is nice and which helps for me, you know, fuel it. So. Well, in fairness, if I were programmed with a Dolph Ziggler that didn't care anymore, I'd probably be uninterested too. Well, no, I I absolutely agree, but that's my point. It's he has something, you know, a little more interesting going on, a little bit more meat to it. So we're getting the good Bobby Roode. I believe the way we would describe it before is that he has something to sink his teeth into. Sure, whatever. All right. So the Singh brothers come out and introduce Jinder Mahal as they get ready to take on AJ Styles in a two-on-one handicap match. Styles makes his entrance, and Mahal attempts to beat Styles down with the assistance of the Singh brothers. Commercial break. We come back, and the match still happens. First, let's talk beatdown here. Uh, fine little way to set the stage going into the, pay- the title rematch at Clash of the Champions. Please, dear God, don't let Jinder Mahal anywhere near that title again. Well, they are going to India, Harry, so who knows? Yeah, but he's wrestling Triple H in India, so he's not having a title match. Oh, because the card is never subject to change, right? Don't do this to me, Liz. Don't do this to me. I thought we were friends. We are. We are. We have, but I don't know. I don't, part of me doesn't see them putting it putting it back on him. I think if they really did just put it on him, you know, to help um, do all the, the promotion in India... Then that's done. They've hyped it up. Everybody's ready. AJ, AJ's loved by everybody everywhere. So I don't think there's anyone need to put it on on gender just for the Indian connection. Yeah, I think AJ will sell just as many tickets as Mahal would in India, if not more, because of Styles' yeah. reputation. 
Mm-hmm. And let's not forget that Styles has been to India before with TNA, so he has a fan base there. Yeah, he has a fan oh. base worldwide, so I don't think I don't oh. think it's a big thing. Wait, I apologize. I'm not allowed to mention TNA if this is a WWE show. Seriously? I'm going to end up broken. That's what's going to end up happening around here. And can I point out the fact that commentary was so much better tonight than it was for Raw last night? The the SmackDown commentary team kicks the Raw commentary team's ass. Excuse me. Excuse me. It is not TNA. It's Impact Wrestling, Impact. Harry. God. Sorry, Sean. Sorry. No, I, I'm making a joke because there will be some stupid guy uh, on Twitter that goes, they're not called TNA anymore. No, I know uh, you uh, Sean? Sean? What? I'm Give making me t- a joke, Harry. Jeez. No, just – and allow me to respond to that. Give him two weeks and it will be something else, so I'm not worried about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it will be GWN so we can have the same name as our network. <laughs> Probably. You know, the sad thing is, is I'm actually considering subscribing to that if they ever figure out a way oh, to make Harry, sure don't people's waste your money. I like the early weekly pay per views. I'm 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 a mark for that kind of stuff. Wait, what and, channel uh, are they on now? Well, where uh, are they? Pop TV, the former TV Guide channel, because of course they are. Oh, I have that channel. Thursday nights, eight o'clock. Not that anybody else pays attention. All right, back to SmackDown. Our handicap match sees the debut of the second rope styles clash. It looked like he almost dropped Sunil there, though. That was scary looking. Everybody on Twitter is going to be saying he shouldn't do it. He's dangerous. He's going to hurt someone. Uh, No, people just need to know not to tuck their chin. Granted, it goes against everything you're taught as a wrestler. But that is one of the few moves where you do not tuck your head. Ask Yoshitatsu. I will take your word for it. It's a New Japan reference. Like six people will get it. Anywho, moving on. Styles picks up the win, taking out the Singh brothers. And then post-match, Jinder Mahal attempts to F the Singh brothers up even more than AJ Styles did. But didn't he do that at Starcade too? From what I read online, I didn't read the results from Starcade. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, at Starcade, from what I read on Twitter, I never actually read like any like four one one, you know, results. Um, I should have, but I didn't. He um, he turned on them at the end of the match. Well, he's beaten them up before, and they've still come back to his service. So maybe it's kind of a Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> That's not where I was going with that, but it works. <laughs> I could say something, but it would be so inappropriate. I'm not going to. Uh, I feel like there's a Shaniqua and Basham's reference here that we're just not going to make. Yeah, no. Moving on. Uh, but seriously, though, um, the first Coloss looks okay-ish, I guess. I mean, it's not as powerful looking as some of the ones to Styles or to Nakamura. The second Coloss, well, uh, how do you screw up a Cobra Clutch slam? Like, how? People make mistakes. We have to live with that. Paging Matthew Gregg. Hashtag botchamania. I'm sure it'll be on there. All right. 
So we get a backstage interview with Ruby Riot, who's gained an extra T since her call up from NXT. Congratulations. So, so weird. Liv Morgan, who's still Enzo Light. Let's be honest. I mean, granted, I know the whole real life breakup, whatever, yada, yada, yada. Don't care. She's Enzo Light. And Sarah Logan, who is laying on that southern accent, is southern accent as thick as humanly possible. Okay. Why does her gear look like Braun Strowman's? <laughs> no, think about it. Because when <laughs> No, it's true. Because when you <laughs> it's true. When you said in chat about her fiance, I thought you were gonna tell him and I asked her, I thought you were gonna tell me it was Braun because her shorts look like somebody like his pants. Um well one Braun's dating Nia Jax. So. Yeah, I know that, which is why I was confused. Uh, to her fiance's Ray Rowe, and if you've seen pictures of them together in some of their personal hobbies, it actually kind of makes sense. No, I'm sure it does, but they look a lot like somebody took bronze pants. And um, apparently, hillbillies are only allowed to wear one kind of gear, Liz. Yeah, I, I guess. It's... That, it's either that or they wear overalls with jeans, much the way the Godwins used to. Yeah, yeah, I know. Six-woman tag team action. The match actually happens, unlike what happened on Raw, where Natalia walks out early because why would she care to team with those women? And we actually see a pretty decent beatdown laid into Naomi, taking her out with a catapult into the ring steps, following being thrown shoulder first into them at ringside. Um, obvious question. How is that not a disqualification? Because she's going to go film the Marine 2, too. I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't it didn't make sense at all. Well, apparently Becky's filming the movie as well because she's off television too. Yay. What do you have against Becky? I like no, Becky. No, I, I don't. I mean, I meant that she's filming the movie. I like Becky too. Inside of the ring, we actually see Ruby Riot pin Charlotte Flair. So Ruby gets a non-title victory over the champion. Well, there ain't anybody else left on SmackDown for Charlotte to face at Class of Champions. Why the hell not? What happened to Carmella? Um, did she get fired like Ellsworth did? I don't know. I have not seen Carmella in weeks unless I've missed something, which is a possibility. I, I, the last time I remember seeing Carmella was at Survivor Series in the in yeah, the right. uh, five-on-five match. I, I don't remember her being on SmackDown last week. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember seeing her at all. Maybe people are worried they're going to confuse Carmella and Liv. You know, there was a, I read, I don't know if it was in the Wrestling to the Max chat, where somebody was saying that Vince had Liv on SmackDown because she looks too much like Alexis. I can totally see that one. Um, can I ask a quick question? Yeah. Did you see the amount of tanner that Liv was wearing last week? No, probably because probably because I'm still stuck on how much how tan the the blonde chick the new blonde chick on Roar is. But she lived didn't have Liv, a lot of tanner on this week though. No, she did not. But in the video package that you saw, how do I put this nicely? Liv looked like an Oompa Loompa. Oh yeah, the one on Roar still looks like an Oompa Loompa. But now today, Maybe. the way she was, you can see why somebody would be like very quickly be like, oh that is that Alexis. You know, somebody who doesn't watch regularly. Mandy's hot, so she can get away with it. Wait, who's Mandy? The blonde on uh, Raw? The blonde on Raw. 
No, Liv is much prettier than her. Uh, disagree. I I, 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 I mean, in fairness, I, I generally don't care for blondes, even plastic blondes, like fake blondes. But I don't like know Mandy's something about. Blonde, I know something about Mandy um, does it for me. It's probably a topic for another show. So let's. <laughs> Um, we're not going to go any further in here. We've we've already avoided just, this conversation. We've already I'm avoided this conversation it. once with Jinder Mahal and the things. We're going to move on. So you, you know what I enjoy on my episodes of SmackDown, Liz? Murder. No, uh, <laughs> the mm-hmm. fashion files. Uh huh. Murder. What were they referencing this week? Do I not? I must not watch Saw. a lot of stuff. Oh, was yeah, I definitely don't watch that. No, I've I've never watched any of the Saw movies, but I knew it was a reference to Saw. Um, the best part of the entire thing, and I quoted this verbatim in the chat thread that we have our wrestling to the max chat thread was Connor yelling out, "Go ahead and save yourselves, guys! It's what we do. We sacrifice for our friends." And as Tyler unlocks himself from the cuff, he yells out, "We're not friends!" Breeze is the best thing. He's the best thing. And, and the Ascension, it's nice that they have something to do, and they are hysterical in this, you know? But Breeze is the best thing in any of these. Are you sure it's not Fandango's jeans? Listen, we didn't have the conversation about Mandy. We wouldn't have the conversation about that. Main event time sees Kevin Owens and Randy Orton in a no disqualification match. And, well, what do you know? Sami Zayn shows up. I'm hey, shocked. Sammy. Woo. Audio podcast, but this is my shocked face. The match itself is okay. I think Owens got caught a little flush with that kendo stick early. He looked a little off. I think he got hit in like the bicep early with that kendo stick. The match itself is okay. It's not great. It's not bad. It's just there, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, it it moved the storyline along. Um, you know, Orton got the win, which almost shocked me because I really honestly thought they were going to have Orton win for a bit. Um, but, you know, it keeps it, you know, moving along. Owen, they won last week. He beat Orton this week. You know, he's proving it- himself dominant, you know. It was there. Sammy didn't get beaten up this week. It was a win for him. Major plus check. <laughs> Double check indeed. <laughs> Owens picks up the one with the frog splash. Are you okay with the secondary finish? Yeah, I finished the match. It was good. It was time for a day. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with it. I, I just I find it odd when Owens wins the match with something other than the pop up power bomb. Just because I'm so conditioned to think that Owens is going to end his matches with the pop-up powerbomb. Yeah, and but it keeps I, it fresh, you know. I will also say that I want to give both of the guys credit for the psychology involved in the finish as well. When Orton went for the RKO and ended up having his knee buckle on him as he went for mm-hmm. it, I thought that was yeah. very well done. I thought that was very well done. So apparently you can scout an RKO out of nowhere. Shh, don't tell Mom's the word. Okay. Okay. And that officially wraps up your SmackDown Live review for November 28th, 2017. Let's go ahead and slap a score on this here. Let's scale of 1 to 10. What do you think? Uh, 
six. I think I'm right there with you. Nothing was overtly bad, but there wasn't anything must-see on tonight's episode of SmackDown, if that makes sense. Which brings me to my word for the new segment. Well, we're about to get into that. And I'd like to call it the word, but that's copywritten. And frankly, I'm not trying to get sued. So what we're going to do here is the new way that we're going to wrap up the episodes of SmackDown and 205 Live here on the W2M Network is we're going to have what we call our one-word wrap where we basically give you our thoughts on the show in one word. We can expand upon said word if we'd like to, but it's one particular word that we feel has the best description of what it is that we just spent the better part of the last two hours watching. Liz, for tonight's episode of SmackDown, what's your one-word review? Hello, Liz. Can you hear me? I can now. Oh, yeah. My (laughs) controller turned off. Uh, Lackluster is my one word. Okay. See, I'm actually going to go with tolerable. And the reason I'm going with tolerable is because, like I said, when I was giving my score at a six there, it's nothing bad, nothing good, but nothing that stands out either. That's the perfect word. It's... This isn't an episode of SmackDown I'm going to remember in a week. No, exactly. That's why I chose Lackluster. There's, I can't even say I gave it my full attention. You know, there was nothing that really kept me, wa- you know, kept me watching. In fact, if I wasn't doing this, I probably would have turned it off. The big thing for me for tonight's episode of SmackDown, my biggest takeaway is going to be the advancement of Charlotte versus Ruby Riot because I feel like this is an opportunity for them to do something with the SmackDown Live women's division to invoke a fresh new face into the picture and possibly, especially since they've kept her off of television for these last two weeks here, maybe even have Carmella return at Clash of the Champions to cash in her briefcase as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be interesting. Maybe Carmella's in cahoots with them. Who knows? I mean, she is an NXT girl. It would make sense. Although I don't know that I want Carmella and Liv on the same page. That's just too much Jersey for me to tolerate. Please. Well, she is the princess of Staten Island. Yeah. No, that's she's a Jersey girl. Rather, she wants to admit to it or not, that's straight up Jersey right there. I know. I know. And is everything Jersey sure that shouldn't be involved with wrestling? Ask Snooki. Yeah. I have no idea why they chose my hometown, but... Whatever. 205 Live is next, everybody. So for Liz Puglisi, I'm Harry Broadhurst, thanking you for listening to the Wrestling to the Max SmackDown Live review here on the W2M Network. We'll be back with 205 Live shortly. Thanks for listening. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.